how to take our authority in Jesus. Yesterday I talked about it's time we take our authority. Now, how do we take that authority? I know you enjoyed the, the teaching yesterday, and I pray you'll share this one with your friends today also. Thank you for being my wonderful partner and my family. Let's pray. Let's ask the Lord to really enlighten us and take the scales off our eyes today. Lord, thank you. Oh, blessed Jesus. Thank you for your precious, precious word. To you, Lord, belongs all the glory, all the honor, and the praise. Wonderful Savior, precious Savior, Jesus. Amen. Open our eyes, Lord, that we might see wondrous things today. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 2. 2 Corinthians 2. You know, I'm talking about victory, authority, taking our authority in Jesus. Now, thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the savor or the fragrance of his knowledge by us. The fragrance of his knowledge by us in every place. So now God is the one who causeth us to triumph. I told you yesterday, Triumph is not the victory. Triumph is the celebration of a victory. We celebrate the victory of Calvary, and by that we take our authority. Taking authority is our, it's, it's God's gift to us. In Luke, the Lord said, I give unto you power over all the power of the enemy. Nothing will hurt you. Nothing will stop you. In Matthew said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. It's not talking about a church in a defensive position. When you read that, the gates of hell will not prevail. It means the church is moving with power, erasing, defeating all opposition. The church is triumphant. And triumphant means celebrating the victory of Calvary. So all we have to do is enforce it. Jesus has won the victory. We enforce the victory. And frankly, we administrate it on his behalf. Because the Lord said in Matthew, in Matthew 28 and verse 18, he said something powerful to us. And I think sometimes people miss it. And Jesus came and spake to them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. The next word is go. Go. All power is mine, but you go. You administrate it. You enforce it. How? By teaching all nations. By preaching the gospel by baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, by teaching them to observe all things. Now, let me ask you a question. Is there power in water? Is there, is, is there any power in, in water that fills a baptismal tank? No. The power is in Jesus' name when they say, in the name, in the name of the Father. In the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit, I baptize you. 
and they come out of the waters transformed by a mighty power that's not in the water. That part is the part of the Holy Spirit. But it's the act of baptism in water that we are told to baptize them in water. But it's in the name. In the name of the Father. In the name of the Son. In the name of the Holy Spirit. So all power is given to the Lord, but we're the one that administrate that power. We're the one that enforce the victory of Calvary. When we say, in the name of Jesus. And we see that happening all the time. When we preach the gospel, we're administrating his power, and souls are saved, and people are delivered from the power of the enemy, which is invisible. I've seen thousands upon thousands of people born again in our meetings. Did the prayer save them? No, the power of Jesus saved them. Were they saved when I, when, when I said, repeat after me? No. They were saved when Jesus himself touched them. But they had to act. They had to pray. But prayer doesn't save. Jesus saves. Water does not change people's lives. The Holy Spirit does. But we administer. We enforce with our confession, with our preaching, with our acting, with our laying on of hands, we enforce the victory of Calvary. And we triumph. We celebrate that victory every time we lay hands on someone, every time we pray for someone. I'm talking to a lot of you today that have struggles. And you've prayed and you've wondered, why has it not happened? I prayed for my mom and my dad for three years to be saved. Nothing happened. And one day I heard the Lord, take your authority. He said, take your authority. And I looked down at the carpet. I pointed my finger and said, that, I said to the devil, I said, take your hands off of him. That's, that's all I said. I didn't scream. I didn't holler. I didn't jump up. You know, I, I did not jump up and down. I just calmly said, take your hands off. The next day they were saved. And I told you the story yesterday. My daddy had a hubbly-bubbly in the fireplace. And the hubbly-bubbly was a bottle that in our culture they use. Where they, put, they put water on the bottom and tobacco on the top. And they smoke it and kind of it bubbles, you know. And he had an empty one with a little red book in it that I did not know was demonic. And when I broke it and, and threw that book in the fireplace, I heard screams come out when I said in Jesus name at first it wouldn't even burn then I knew there was some demonic something holding it from burning I said in Jesus name and I heard screams my parents were saved the next day I've seen this happen that same power flow when I've said in Jesus name I commanded the spirit of of disease and infirmity to come out of people I will never forget in Greenville South Carolina when the Lord said have all the deaf people come down. And there had to be over a hundred of them who were deaf, real deaf people. And they told them with a sign language to come down and they came and stood 
And I just said, in the name of Jesus, I command every demon of deafness come out. And I jumped down and I ran. I'm 70 now. I can't run as good as I used to. I ran. Wham, wham, wham. Every one of them began to hear. And John Wilson told me, he said, Doc, this is powerful. They, they used to call me Doc. Doc, this is powerful. I said, well, Jesus is almighty, you know. You know, I, I've seen this. I've lived it. I've been there. I want you to see it in your own life. That's why I'm talking to you today. This is imperative today that we really get to believe what God says to us. I give unto you all power over the power of the enemy. Nothing, nothing will stop you. Nothing will hurt you. But we have to understand that Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Do you know that's the first time, by the way, that the word church is used in the New Testament? If you look at your Bibles, Matthew 16 was the first time the word church was ever used by the Lord. In verse 18, he said, you're Peter and I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. First time ever the church is mentioned. And when the Lord mentioned the church, he mentioned it in connection with power. The gates of hell will not prevail the church, the power of the church. And remember, I gave you Ephesians 1 yesterday, where it talks about Jesus being the head of all principalities and power and authorities, and he's the head of the church the fullness of his body means we, the church, have the authority that he has given us. He's the head, we're the body. Jesus said, in my name, in my name, cast out devils. Now, Satan does not recognize your name or my name. He recognizes the office the Lord gave us when he gave us his name. So when you say in Jesus' name, you are literally saying, in the office of Jesus I stand. So it's our obligation to take the offensive because this is not a defensive war. Um, a general once said, no army has ever won a war on the defensive. A very great French general said, in a war, an army only wins when the army advances. When the army advances. I was meeting years ago with the head of a state somewhere. Don't want to give names. And they had just had a, a battle, a war. And I said, how could you lose? He said, the American administration told us to stop. And many of our men were killed. He said, an army, a standing army, is a target. I'll never forget that. That came from a very powerful man at one time who I, I had uh, a meeting with him. And they just had a, had a war in their country. And I said, how could, you, how could you lose? Because that battle was lost. He said, we were pressured by the American administration, this is years ago, to stop. He said, an army, when that army is standing still, it's a target. I think when we stand still, we become a target. So Jesus called us to be, of, be on the offensive. Now this is, look, this is a spiritual war. I'm not talking about a physical war. 
You know, when we sing, the, when the, I used to sing years ago, you know, onward Christian soldiers. No, it's not about a physical war. This is talking about a spiritual war. We are in a war. Spiritually, we are in a war. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, it says. So, what is the meaning of a gate? Um, let's go to Genesis 22 because this is really important to understand, okay? Uh, verse 17, God says about the Lord, about the Messiah. To Abraham, he says, in blessing I will bless thee, in multiplying I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven, as the sand which is upon the seashore, and your seed will possess the gate of his enemies. And I looked up in the Bible what the Bible has to say about gates. I was amazed. Look at Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31 and verse 23. So when we talk about a gate, here's what it means. It says, her husband is known in the gates. He sits among the elders of the land. Wow. Rula. Recognition. The gate speaks about a place of rula. That we are recognized by the enemy. Her husband is known at the gate. Uh, when we move into our authority, that's when the devil says, aha, I'm getting to know them. Remember those boys that tried to cast the devil out in the book of, of Acts? And the devil said, Jesus, I know, Paul, Paul, I know, who are you? They were not known by the demons. Why? They had no authority. They had no authority. God never gave them the authority. We have the authority, and the devil knows that. It's time now. We all know it. He knows it. The devil wins through our ignorance. That's a very powerful thing I just said. Our ignorance gives him the victory. When we don't know the facts, I'm not saying people are ignorant. I'm simply saying when people don't know what the Bible says. When the people don't know what the Bible says, they don't know. My people perish for lack of knowledge. So I think it's time, and, and, and Paul says in Corinthians, it's time to stop being ignorant. It's time to, it's time to stop not knowing the facts of the Bible. So here he is known in the gates. How? Authority. Demons recognize it. And it's also a, a, a place of rule. But here's something else that same verse tells us. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders. Sitting among the elders means it's a place of counsel. It's a place of counsel. When God gives us authority, he gives us wisdom when to do it how to do it with who to do it all that i read a book years ago the title was never run into a battle naked you will lose 
I remember a preacher years ago who went into San Francisco wanting to fight the demonic forces in the city. And as a result, he was ruined because he ran into that battlefield naked without God telling him to do it. He felt he could defeat the forces of the enemy in that city and came out defeated. And I thought to myself, why do people do that? Why don't they realize that the Bible teaches clearly you have to be armed, put on the full armor of God that you may be able to with it stand and win. And the armor of God is his word. His word in your mind, his word in your heart, his word in your walk, his walk in, His word in your talk. It, it, it's the word of God in you and through you completely. So it's a place of counsel. It's a place where God counsels you on when, how, with who, all that. Never run into a battle without being armed and without being clothed rightly. But I love what it says in Psalm 107 about the gate. Let's go, Psalm. And, and you see, God has given you that power to, to, to exercise that power over the enemy. It says, for he hath, I'm reading Psalm 107, 16, for he hath broken the gates of brass, or bronze. He cut the bars of iron in sunder. Wow, what power is that? It's a place of great power. So when Jesus said, the gates of hell will not prevail, think about the power we have that those gates cannot stop us. Cannot stop us. I said many times, you have more power in your little finger than all the powers of hell. Romans says, Paul says, God will soon crush the devil under your feet. We have authority. I want to remind you of that authority. And the reason I'm, I'm talking like this today, because I believe there are people who are struggling, who are fighting, a wars that they should not be fighting. Stop fighting and start taking your authority. Start commanding. Start doing what God has asked us to do. I love what Isaiah 28 talks about. Let's go to Isaiah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, I want to really get this through to you because I believe the time is come now for the church to take our authority. It says, In that day shall the Lord of hosts be a crown of glory, Isaiah 28, verse 5, right through verse 8, by the way. And for a diadem of beauty unto the residue of his people, and for a spirit of judgment or justice to him that sits in judgment, and for strength to them that turn the battle to the gate. The minute you take your authority, God gives you strength. It's not your strength. He will give strength to them that turn the battle to the gate. And the word turn, by the way, means turn back, go back to the gate. We have got to get back to the gate. Go back to that authority. Get back, because it's the gates that God is talking. That's where the power is. Let's look at Isaiah 41. You will never see authority in your life unless you're at the gate of authority. 
and the gate of, of, of authority is your position. It's your place. It's your place. That belongs to Jesus. He gave that to us. He, he said, all power of it is, has been given unto me. Now go. Stand in it. Isaiah 41. I give you praise, Lord God. Verse 10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. I will help thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand, with the right hand of my righteousness. Behold, all they that were incensed against thee shall be ashamed and confounded. They shall be as nothing. They that strive with thee shall perish. Thou shalt seek them, will not find them, even them that contend with thee. They that war against thee shall be as nothing, as, an, as a thing of naught. So it's the Lord who gives us strength. But if you, if you remember what it says in Isaiah 20, 28, he will give you strength at the gate. And when he gives you strength, he says, I'm going to help you. I'm going to uphold you. All they that were against you will become founded and become as nothing because it's his strength. Isaiah 10, and I'm going to pray in just a second that the Lord will give you that authority that belongs to you, which you already have, but he will anoint you. That God will absolutely anoint you. All right, look what it says here. Isaiah 10, 4. Without me they shall bow down under the prisoners. They shall fall under the slain. Without me, you can't win anything. Without me, they shall bow under the prisoners or among the prisoners. Today, there are people who are not taking the strength of the Lord properly. In 2 Corinthians 3, 3, 5, it says, Our sufficiency is in God. So we have to know the promises. And Jesus told us very, very clearly, we have the authority in his name. Okay, now quickly, before I am done, because this is a two-part teaching. The, the, the weapons we have, number one, the name of Jesus. Mark 16, 17, in my name, they shall cast out devils. Number two, the blood of Jesus. Revelation 12, 11, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony. Number three, the word of God. The name of Jesus, we use the name of St. Jesus' name. The blood of Jesus and the word of the Lord. Because it says in the Psalms and also in Ephesians. But let's, let's look at the Psalms very quickly. Psalm 149, and we're going to look at verse 6 and verse uh, right through verse 9. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. That's the word. To execute vengeance upon the heathen. Now here, it means demonic powers. Punishment upon the people. To bind their kings with chains, their nobles with iron. To execute the judgment written. This honor have all the saints. We all have that honor to take the authority we have in the name of the Lord, in the blood of the Lord, in the word of the Lord. And remember Ephesians 6, 17, before I close and pray with you. I pray this has been a, a blessing. I pray this has been a help to you. 
because I think sometimes people forget, we have to remind you, some of you, that we have power. It says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is God's word. What do you do with the sword? <laughs> you win. <laughs> it's a weapon. So, the enemy always flees when we lift up our weapons. The minute you lift up your weapons, he runs. And that's how you and I resist him. In the name of Jesus, blood of Jesus, word of the Lord. I love what Psalm 56 verse 9 says. When I cry unto thee, then shall my enemies turn back. Years ago, I was speaking in Vancouver, B.C. for Don Gossett, and I had just been in the ministry maybe maybe four or five months. I began in Canada, and he invited me to come to Vancouver. It was a big conference he had, and I was just young and very new to the demonic and the power of God. As I didn't know anything about demons. I, I used to see Maxwell White cast out devils, but I never cast out devils. I just kind of stayed on the side watching him. A guy, football-sized fellow, attacks me in the service. Comes growling like an animal. His whole body bent over. It was a frightening moment for me. And I didn't know what to do with it. And I, I got scared. And I'll never forget an old preacher came up and cast the devil out of that guy. It was a precious old man was in that service. He came out and grabbed that boy and took him, took him aside and <laughs> cast the devil and I felt ashamed. I felt embarrassed. Like, how can I, how can I fail God? I'm just starting the ministry. I said, this is the end. This is the, 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 the end of my ministry. And I prayed a prayer. I said, Lord, if I don't know how to deal with this, it's over for me. And I was praying that night in the hotel in Vancouver. I was shaken up. And I was reading Psalm 56. And I read that same verse. When I cry unto thee, then shall my enemies turn back. And I began crying out to God. I said, Lord, show me. Teach me how to win. Teach me how to cast out devils. He did, didn't he? <laughs> the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the word of the Lord. And I did not know at that time the Bible like I know it today. And then I, be I began to go minister to other places. And, and the next thing that happened, I was in Sault Ste. Marie. There was a young man there now who picked up the piano screaming at the crowd. People were scared. He was not a big guy, this fellow. He was a small guy, but he was full of devils, and he picked up the grand piano screaming at the whole crowd. And I went, and they took him out. And I went to where, where he was in the hotel. I was in the ballroom. He was, they put him in, in a room. The second I walked in, he began to shake and tremble on the bed. They put him on, he was sweating, laying on that bed. And the preachers came with me. And the power of God set that boy free. And I said, okay, Lord, it works. Thank God, it works. <laughs> but I took my authority, even though reluctantly, I didn't want to do it. I was in my 20s. I, was, I, I began preaching when I was 21 years old. And I think this was like I was 21 something or 20, almost 22, when these things happened in my life. And I saw there is power in the name of Jesus. Lord, I believe with everyone listening, everyone watching, that same Malbolal Fepial Bakhantirama, 
that same anointing and same power, Lord, I've seen in my own life will be manifested in their life, that they will see incredible results, incredible victories. In the name of Jesus, I give you praise. Bring them to that height, to that place on the mountaintop where there's no fear, but there's faith. I give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I pray this has been a blessing, these two teachings today. Tomorrow, a very beautiful, special program. Now it's time to give. It's time to sow seed on the Lord's work. Because when you love the Lord, it's easy to give. You want to give when you love Jesus. You know, giving is loving and loving is giving. So when you love, you give. I'm going to ask you, because you love him, you love his precious name, you love his work, to sow seed in his work. And Lord, I pray you'll bless them. I pray you'll prosper them, increase them. Lord, multiply everything they touch. Multiply them, Lord, bless them, bless their work, bless their jobs. Anyone, Lord, looking for a, a new job, give them even a better one than the, than the one they had. Let their future be greater than their past, be mightier than their past. In the name of Jesus. And God's people said, Amen. Listen, your future is guaranteed. God will never disappoint you, will never, never, never fail you. As long as we love him and obey him and serve him and follow him, we'll spend our days in prosperity because that's his promise, Job 36, 11. Okay, you can give right now. You can sow your seed on the platform you're watching me on. You can go to our website, which is the easiest, benihin.org, or you can text BHM45777. Thank you for being my wonderful partner. And if you're not a partner, will you become a partner with us and become a regular partner to give to the ministry so we can spread the word around the world that Jesus is Lord and he's coming soon. Much love. I'll see you tomorrow. Shalom.